You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog Sports NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how's it going? Doing good, man. And you? I'm doing all right. I'm pleased that I got through the introduction because I will tell you that I had to think about what I was going to say. And even when I started talking, I wasn't 100% sure what I was supposed to say. Well, you know where you are, right? Um, more or less. More or less. It's cold, so I don't naturally uh, <laughs> recognize being in California. Well, I'll tell you what. I woke up the other day. Uh, we had to get up early and uh, go somewhere this Monday. And I got up about... It was like 6.30 in the morning and I let the dogs out and there was frost on my back porch. And Whoa. I was like, what is this? Like, what is, what's going on right now? I'm very uncomfortable. I felt weird, man. <laughs> did you, did you, did you leave California already? Nah, to my knowledge, I haven't, but I don't know what's been going on with the gerrymandering in terms of this election. Like we might be, <laughs> we might be seeing some shenanigans going on. So I could technically be in Oregon or something at this point. But as far as I know, I still live in California. Um, well, frost yeah. is fun. Take it as like a, take it as a new thing. Yes, yeah, it was weird. Like uh, I'm wearing long pants now since ever since last Friday. I've been wearing long pants. That's that's exciting. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm glad it's getting cold because that means we're getting closer to where we got to be for me to look at houses and, uh, you know, make the move. Well, I mean, how do you feel right now? Are you, is it like the nervous bubbles in the stomach? Is it like goosebumps and excitement? Is it uh, indifference until there's actually action? It's, What's up? It's not the third one. I'll tell you that. It, it's some <laughs> mix of these, the first two. And, and I'm very apprehensive because we have a house that we absolutely love on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Zillow listing looks great, but like, I know that I can't get there to look at it for like three months. So I'm, I'm like, I'm obsessing over, okay, well, when it was listed before it was listed for this much in this kind of economic climate and it was on the market for this long. So it's listed at this point now. And you would, so you can extrapolate that it potentially would be on the market for this long. Maybe we have a shot to look at it, but I'm, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to get going, I think. I, I do feel like I was kind of cheated out of a California summer and spring because that is unquestionably the best time to be here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready. That's uh, Ready to go be an adult. Everybody else is doing it. I figured I can give it a try. Yeah, join the club. Reluctantly. But uh, <laughs> but we're getting there. I've got the uh, the lines open at Bavada Sportsbook for this week's NFL matchups. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this week. I am... I'm I'm getting scared every morning when I wake up looking at who tested positive for coronavirus and which teams are potentially in trouble. But I think we're in an interesting place in the season right now. We are. It feels as as hard as it's been to completely understand where every team sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are starting to get that clearer picture. It is starting to feel more like um, things are being sorted out. I think this past weekend, for me specifically, uh, it was just such an up-and-down weekend, but it still in some way made sense. I think some of these teams that uh, were no-brainers but had a record that may have deceived you actually have earned their record. And So what we're seeing is what we're getting now, and that part feels good for this week. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like last year to me. In in last year, 
like, but we were like week 12 or week 13 and I was still like, I don't have a feel for any of these teams yet. Like I'm, I'm waiting yeah. for the season to really kick off before I, I understand them. And then the season was over and I didn't understand them this year. Things feel a little bit more clear. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the clarity does not come, does, does not come without questions. There's plenty That's of true. questions, but uh, the clarity at least is there. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. I'll expect, you know, better of myself. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I had the absolute worst week by far of all my weeks <laughs> last week. And it's completely fine because it still makes sense. Yeah, there are very, looking at it right now, there are very few uh, divisions where I would have guessed, okay, this is how this is going to play out, right? You know, in the AFC East, I would not have guessed, okay, Buffalo 7-2, the Patriots are 3-5, and five, and the Dolphins are in the middle of those two at 5-3. and three. Like, no way in the world. Right, right. No but the AFC North seems about right. The AFC South seems about right. The AFC West seems about right. The NFC East is a disaster, but, you know, seems about right after the DAC injury. The NFC North, sorry, uh, but f- switching minus flipping the Vikings and the Bears seems about right. Yeah. Um, the NFC South, I would have guessed the Bucks probably were in the lead, but, you know, they're half a game back, game and game back at this point. That's that's not too far away. And, you know, the NFC West, I guess, I guess this would have been the one, right? Because... The 49ers go to the Super Bowl last year. Super Bowl hangover is a very real thing, and I think the 49ers are experiencing that along with just a cacophony of injuries. Mm-hmm. But this is the one where I, I wouldn't guess the Cardinals over the Rams, and I wouldn't guess that the Seahawks had a historically bad defense, but we're still in first place of the only division in football where every team has a positive point differential. I mean, never put it that way again because <laughs> that is just my, my almost lost my mind because it's crazy and the thing about it is we spoke about in week one how we thought this defense especially the secondary would would gel Mm -hmm. Uh, you thought they would gel rather quickly i thought it would take a game but we both agreed that it would be an impressive defense and man Mm -hmm. (laughs) man is it the flip side but not only that the way they're playing on offense is completely um different than i had imagined i mean obviously with uh, some running back um, musical chairs, it changes the way you do things. And no mm. one saw uh, DK Metcalf being this much of a problem for anybody this uh, as consistently as he's been. But you know, so that it may, it tells the t- it tells the tale of the points and and this yeah. defense not being the the highlight. Um, my 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 fear though is that they just can't hide behind the offense. It's not quite that good and. And there's been some some really um, strong hustle plays. We know of one specifically from that offense, and and, and I don't know if that's yeah. going to be uh, good enough to 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 win consistently. I mean, I think the Cardinals' win was a win that wasn't didn't feel flukish. I don't know about you, but it didn't feel flukish to me. It felt like this is sometimes what Seattle will give you, and a team like Arizona can beat you. Let me ask you these these DK Metcalf numbers. Does this evoke memories of Josh Gordon at all for you? Closer to Josh Gordon than 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 some of the other comparisons I've been hearing, <clears throat> Megatron, which I hold near and dear to yeah, my heart. Fair. But um, we all know that Chase Claypool is the new Megatron. <laughs> that is so outrageous. Um, but no, DK DK, I think 
the numbers are reminiscent of Josh Gordon. The how yeah. and my expectation going forward is not with Josh Gordon. There was this thing where it's like, whoa, freak of nature. Yes. Yeah. I, but you kind of like, how long is he going to keep this up? Or or where wow. can he? Wh- is he going to do things he needs there. to get better? You know what I mean? Like there was just this thing where, it, it, rightfully so, where DK looks the part of a hardworking. And and this is this is this is what comes in to mind. You have to to think about it. But a hardworking, dedicated leader of uh, or, or soon to be leader of of his team, especially the offensive side of the ball, where you're like, even if these numbers at this pace don't maintain, the level of play and, and the impact will will definitely remain. Yeah, I just mean sort of he's like that ultimate home run hitter who kind of came out of nowhere at a young age. And, you know, a little bit of a one-trick pony. Josh Gordon's certainly more fluid than DK. DK's Mm -hmm. not the most Mm -hmm. fluid guy in the world. But just, also, I wonder how much of it is a byproduct of, like, the Seahawks are throwing the ball a ton because they have to throw the ball a ton because, you know, they're giving up a ton of points, a ton of yards on the other side. I don't think this is the way they intended to play. I don't think that anyone expected DK to be on pace for 86, uh, 86 catches, 1,500 yards, and 16 touchdowns at this point? Not I. And I definitely don't think uh, it's... The part of the, the, the thing that I just can't separate is, is he's very robotic and definitely one-trick mm-hmm. pony, and I think it slows down. You know, they talk about you know other players, uh, the league catching up to, to certain guys, and I don't really believe in that cliche, so to speak. But with DK there's going to be some figuring out and he just I don't think he has the the, the total game the thing that we why we're so surprised <laughs> that he's so doing so well won't surprise us as to why it slows down a bit it's just you know he's a strong guy he's fast he's locating the ball better than I could have ever expected especially this early he's probably doing it better than I thought he would develop his entire career with locating mm-hmm. and then catching the ball but he still has his fair share of drops and you know it it, it more reminds me uh, and this is again high praise, but T.O. was a bit like this, a little bit more stiff and robotic, but just yeah, you know, still able to and, and, and wasn't a natural natural pass catcher, but was still no. able to do his thing. No, he was not a natural pass catcher by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, we the combine for D.K. was was such a mixed bag, right? He puts up that four three three forty just while looking like he's getting ready for a Mister Olympia competition. But there's the other the other issues that concern you, like the 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 twenty yard of four point five seconds, the three cone of seven point eight seconds. That's that's terrifying because I've I've always said three cone is the most accurate drill that we do at the combine in terms of translating to football speed because you have to start and stop, you have to change direction. This isn't running in a fast line, in a straight line as fast as you can, right? You have to actually change direction. You have to you have to gear down, gear up, all of that. And he did very poorly. How much of uh, how much of those drills do you actually put any stock into at the combine? I put stock into all three. I think the short shuttle and, and the and the uh, three uh, the uh, six cone are definitely higher on the list for all athletes. I agree, especially the your skill guys. But the translation that we're not seeing with DK, it's fair. I think that it doesn't blow up uh, your your reasoning because it's a lot of um, winning at the line physically. In mm. some subtle nuance of, of, of route running, and, and not the the 
the fluidity that we expect when we say like this guy is running running the hell out of routes but yeah. uh he, he you know there's certain things where you know he's really not wasting a lot of motion but he's being tested to beat a lot of physical play and he's doing it and that will change that absolutely yeah. will change and then you'll see you'll start to see those other numbers pop up as a quote-unquote weakness in his game yeah like you you watch a guy like say jerry judy come into the nfl and this is a guy who is just such an elite and advanced route runner and who wins with, with the subtle nuance at the line and subtle movements and getting people off balance. DK wins by being physically more imposing than other people. Right. Right. And, and one, another player I could compare him to obviously much less explosive, but I think the same level of elite physical nature is Des Bryant. And that. Mm. You know that 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 plug got pulled pretty quickly, yes. <laughs> and then then he had to rely on double moves. Des, I'm talking about for the second half of his career. I don't know what we want to call what's happening now in Baltimore, but for the second half of his career was double moves, and I can't even give DK that part of his game right. um, as far as dropping his hips and, and making double moves. So I don't it, it'll it'll get fixed as far as you know double teams and and, and yo-yoing them. Uh, it'll be pretty. It'll be pretty quick. I think sooner than later. Maybe even playoff run. Maybe these teams are waiting to make this uh, obsolete when uh, when it matters the mo- absolute most. Well, it's always interesting to see a league adjust to a guy and then how he adjusts back. So that will be yeah. the story of DK Metcalf moving forward. But let's turn our attention to this week in the NFL. We've got a, a bunch of really interesting games starting on. Well, we've got the, the Thursday night game. The Indianapolis Colts head to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Bavada's got those Titans minus a point at home. Yeah, the Titans are an interesting team. I love the fact that we're at the place where they are who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, who they are is a better is a better team than the Colts per their matchup. Uh, the right. Colts need you to want to wanna play a little bit faster than the Titans play. They need you to want to toss the ball around a little bit more. Um, because they've got guys that can go sideline to sideline and can cover, especially in the, on the hashes. Uh, and the Titans don't want to do that that often. So give me the Titans here, um, but it's going to be a really close game. The Houston Texans, fresh off a victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, head to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Browns get Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper, and Wyatt Teller back this week, and they're minus three at home at Bavada. Yeah, and Baker's plan, so... You know, the Texans, I didn't expect, I did expect to beat the Jaguars. I thought they would do a little more uh, in desperation. Mm-hmm. The Browns, uh, even at their, at their worst, um, not at their worst, but, but at their worst this year, how they've looked this year, I think it's still a, a better team than, than the Texans and with the, the pressure to not have to uh, get the ball to your, your guys and, 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 and work Chubb in. Um, while keeping a consistent ground game, he may not look look well, and the numbers won't won't actually um, be a great barometer of, of his impact. Um, the steadiness and the reliability to be consistent with the run will, and I think that helps the Browns actually while everyone gets gets back acclimated. So give me the Browns. Yeah, I forget if it was ten or twenty yard runs. I think it might be ten yard runs, but I saw that going into last weekend, Nick Chubb had missed like four games in a row, and he still led the NFL in the most number of runs for ten or more yards. That, like that's how good that guy is, really and good that, player. and that is how non-explosive but consistent Derrick Henry is. Exactly, that's actually the converse. So yeah, so you'll see that impact in ways. Uh, again, don't let the stat line fool you. Uh, it'll be great for the Browns to have Chubb back. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars head to Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. Biggest line of the weekend, Bavada has the Packers minus 13 at home. Yeah, and that's because the Packers need to make a statement, and there must be some insider info uh, for Bavada because I think that's what the Packers want to do. They can't take this game off. This line must be knowing that the Packers know what's uh, what's ahead and what's at stake because the Jaguars aren't that bad of a team, uh, but they really have a hard time uh, playing the, up the seams in the second and third level. So mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, if I know that, Aaron Rodgers knows that. And uh, so give me the Packers here. I don't think they uh, they hit the line, though. Yeah, this is a Jets-type line that yeah. the uh, Jaguars are getting this weekend. And by the way, what a uh, – like. What a 4D chess move it would have been by Bill Belichick to intentionally drop a game to the Jets to make sure they don't get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> it would have been, but I don't know if Cam Newton would survive. Yeah, well, I don't know that Cam Newton's going to survive anyway. That that Patriots team looks just horrible right yeah. now. But uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who get healthy in their own right, they get Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, and Isaac Sayamalu back this weekend, head to New York to take on the New York Giants. Bavada has the Giants plus three and a half. Yeah, the Giants were just not, just just good enough, just not bad enough, you know, last week, and and that won't be good enough. You know, the Eagles, with these guys back, fan, uh, I want the Eagles fans to to take a a deep breath. I'm mm. talking to one major Eagle fan, even though it seems like your tempers are pretty uh in line with what. Oh, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. It's the guarantee. <laughs> Never mind. So, <laughs> so I mean, these are great additions to have. Don't expect much from any particular one, but do expect the win. It's not going to be fun for you to watch, but you're going to get the win, and you'll you'll beat the line. You'll win by at least a touchdown. My expectation is just that Miles Sanders is better than Derrick Henry, and Alshon Jeffrey is the new DK Metcalf. Like well, I feel like I feel like he got significantly faster while being hurt over the last year. I mean, most. <laughs> Most would think so too. So you're right on par with like science and all that. Stuff. Yeah, no, well, this is this is the, uh, the the era of embracing science, so it is appropriate. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers, and Bavada has the Panthers plus five and a half. Yeah, uh, the Panthers without their the, their guy again. I mean, yeah. maybe shocking, maybe. right? <laughs> it took a long time for it to get to this level, but maybe with all the things going on. Maybe you just you really bring them back slowly. So uh, <laughs> the Buccaneers, after what I don't know what that was, you know, replacement players. I don't know what was going on. Mm. Uh, it won't happen twice, um, especially with the the weirdo call out that Bruce Arians did uh, on, on Tom Brady missing. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> missing um, a wide open. Mike uh, Evans. What, yeah. what is it? Well, every time <laughs> or a yeah. lot or whatever his language was. And then he said he he wants he wants to play Antonio Brown less. And Bruce Arians is the ultimate anti-players coach. Yeah, I don't know if he is trolling the <laughs> players. Like, there's some type of thing where he's like, "I'll say it, I'll say," it. and they're very good friends, and they and they, yeah. they're doing that thing. But in either case, Tom Brady typically responds well to to this type of criticism uh, on the field. So I expect that perfect storm of the Buccaneers looking much better than they actually may be, which is still good, and the Panthers not in a good spot. So give me the Buccaneers to win in a deciding, very deciding way. Yeah, I'll tell you, I think the Panthers might be in a worse spot than we think about, too, because you know this offense, which has looked pretty good this season, this isn't Matt Rule's offense. And Anshu made a great point uh, about this on the underdog when we recorded earlier. This isn't Matt Rule's offense. This is Joe Brady's offense, their right. offensive coordinator. And Joe Brady, 
is probably going to get a head coaching job next year. You know, I, I pointed out that Joe Brady is from Florida. I think that, uh, that Jacksonville job mm. might just be open. And uh, I would think that adding Joe Brady and say Justin Fields to the Jaguars might be an appealing proposition for them. So I do worry about some regression from the Panthers having to replace uh, a really, I want to say borderline genius level offensive mind. Yeah, exactly. Really good point. So shout out to Anshu and, and, and thanks for bringing it here because if that happens slash when that happens, not only would it interrupt what's go- the, the small highlights of what's going on, but Teddy, their current quarterback, Teddy can't mm-hmm. play for just anyone. I mean, he no. can for, for any in any offense he cannot harm you, but you can't get the best of him in just any offense. So that's a mm-hmm. scary predicament to be in. Absolutely. The Buffalo Bills, the division-leading Buffalo Bills, head to Arizona. This might be the game of the weekend. It's crazy that we're talking about this. Head to Arizona, take on Kyler Murray and those Arizona Cardinals. Bavada has the Cardinals minus two. This is why. This game here is why you just trust your scouting department if you're only these two teams and maybe a few others because <laughs> some other teams whiff all the time. But yeah. my point is, if you've got your guy, you take your guy. I'm not sure Josh Allen was the Bills guy just based on where they were picking, but they right. took they took him, and, and this is the turnaround. The unexpected, uh, a year ahead, maybe turnaround for both of these teams. They're a year, a year ahead of schedule. And this is a hard one to call, man, because at any given moment um, – Kyler Murray looks like, <laughs> I don't want to say the best quarterback in the league, but at mm-hmm. any given play, he can be the most dangerous, and, and that's hard to beat uh, for four quarters. But the Bills have been a team, especially uh, secondary, that, that that gives teams fits. So um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Cardinals are playing in a better division and are a better season for this game. So give me the Cardinals here. The other thing to remember about this game is that these teams were smart enough to go out and invest in superstar pass catchers for their young quarterbacks. Yes. This is the game of we went out and got our guys. You know, the Bills got Diggs, the Cardinals got Nuke, and the offense is just taken off because of it. So uh, if you're looking for a pass catcher this offseason, you know, think about the value that Odell's going to bring to a team or something like that. But those guys are out there. The... Denver Broncos head to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Bavada has the Raiders minus four and a half. Yeah, it's a tough one, too, because the Broncos can sometimes just wake up. Uh, yeah. Drew Locke, I'm impressed, man. It's it's, it's hard. It's it's hard not to, to sometimes <laughs> feel like he, he's headed in the right direction. Uh, it's it's just tough week in and week out. I know Jerry Judy's um, expressed some, some uncomfortable pains with with the consistency of losing so maybe this locker room's wearing down whereas the Raiders have been pretty steadfast uh and, and stable throughout the year uh, even when in their losses so all that said give me the Raiders here who are really doing a good job of spreading the ball offensively and will we'll look to continue to do that against a defense that will let that happen yeah how about the Raiders becoming the first team to be punished by the NFL for mask violations they lose a sixth round pick <laughs> good for them hopefully it's the third rounder next time Oh, I couldn't agree more. Like I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I would have started at four, honestly. Take away yeah. the top pick in the day three for them. But uh, because they just, not only do they not care, they're kind of like flaunting that they, they don't are. care. Yeah. And that's dangerous. It is. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers head to Miami to take on the surprising Miami Dolphins to a tongue of Iloa and those Ooh. Miami Dolphins. 
Bavada has the Dolphins minus two and a half at home. This, uh, wow. I mean, so <laughs> pull up the tape and you'll hear me. Yeah. Herbert is becoming the guy. That's going to be the thing. It's going to be the thing that the Los Angeles Chargers fans talk about all offseason. Maybe the analysts is what's gonna what's it gonna take for him to get over that hump of putting up good numbers, getting right to the end, and not following through? Because it falls on his shoulders, and you know he's gonna be ready for that. Could it be oh. an Odell Beckham Jr.? Who? I mean, you talk about two guys that will work really well together. Obviously, we thought yeah. he and his old teammate would, but man. Between the the Keenan Allen and and, and Odell, and, and Keenan's style, a better Jarvis Landry. Let's call it what exactly, it is. exactly. Their styles actually match uh, much better in a place that doesn't get cold. So, right, uh, <laughs> that would be dangerous. So I, I'll give you that because you 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 did the quarterback, uh, the Russian roulette of the quarterbacks pretty well. So, but I mean, let's talk about Tua and yeah. how great he looked and. He didn't get that much of a, of a shot uh, in week one, but we got to see that thing. Like we said, he just looked poised, did not look mm-hmm. out of place. Gets a whole week to prepare. He d- delivers in a way that that says, you are our guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what's going to keep shining. I think these young quarterbacks are not uh, aberrations. They are doing what they are going to do in this league. It's a fun time to have these young quarterbacks. And it looks like Tua has a, whew, this is weird to say, a better supporting cast all around, uh, including the defense, to get the job done. Give me the Dolphins here. Yeah, I could watch Tua and Kyler go head to head every weekend for the rest of my life. Yes. I could. I'm I'm in for that. That was that was awesome. Uh, despite the fact that you know there was no running game whatsoever <laughs> for the Dolphins. Uh, the the leading rusher was Salvin Ahmad, who is a I'm just now good learning job. as an NFL player. Yeah, good uh, seven carries for 38 yards. Devontae <laughs> Parker looks different. Gasicki looks different. Like th- it's just this team under Tua just it just feels different. There was a there was sort of a frenetic energy that goes along with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's mm-hmm. just with Tua, it's calm. Right, right, right. No, it's it's completely different. It's it, it, I've been on the side of that. Now they haven't. The quarterback hasn't responded in the way that Tua did, but. When your guy comes in or the guy that, you know, you're waiting for, you know, it, it inspires all and, and, and inspiration can come come in different shapes and sizes and, and, and really just, you know, having a fluidity, a smoothness to your offense, a stability, you know, it, it, it brings out the best in, in most guys. Yeah. Uh, well, a guy who is not bringing out the best in his supporting <laughs> cast, quarterbacks, the San Francisco 49ers. Well, he did prior to the injury. <laughs> They travel to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. Bavada has the Saints minus nine and a half against the 49ers. The Saints feeling as good as a Saint can feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, no, they they might be getting more guys back. They're they're becoming the team that I don't I don't think I saw them being dominant in the number one seed in the NFC uh, like they are. But even if they're not at that level, um, they're they're going to be a hard team to beat. The Niners have no chance. And I don't expect another 31 to whatever drubbing, but I do expect a, a, a win and, and easily uh, hitting the line. Do you think, uh, you know, the 49ers currently pick 15. There's not a lot of wins left in the rest of their schedule. Let's say they get into that top eight and they're in the position to dra- draft one of the top four quarterbacks who at this point it seems to be Lawrence Fields 1-2 and probably 1-2 in the draft, followed by Lance and Zach Wilson, depending on where... Uh, where you happen to rank those two. I know there's an argument for which one is three, which one is four. If the 49ers are in a position to take one of those four guys, do you think they pull the trigger and end the Jimmy Garoppolo era? 
I do. I think what we're learning is that you take a guy, if you don't have a guy at quarterback, if you don't have someone you think you're going to spend the next six, seven years with, then you move on. Uh, you don't wait and you don't waste time. And uh, the perfect team to show you that is the Chicago Bears. Wow. Uh, you move on and you move on in the draft if 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 the guy is there and the talent is there. So I think the Niners, with the moves they've made in the past, to say yeah. that they're willing to go get what they want, uh, would would make that move. Ideally, when you move on, you take the take a good player to replace your incumbent. Unlike the Bears, <laughs> where you pass up on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes to grab Mitch Trubisky, that's a move that's going to set the franchise back a little bit. But yeah. so you agree that Garoppolo is not that guy for the 49ers. I mean, at this point, there's just no way. There's just yeah. no way. I mean, between injury and not elevating the team, um, you know, we've seen we've seen what he can do when he's fully healthy and it's it's slightly above game manager if I'm being really really nice mm-hmm. and, and, and and that's not what you you tattoo on on your chest as a franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, there was that period where he came in and it was magical, right? He took mm-hmm. over. Uh, really, he's the reason that the the Browns got the first pick that year because he led the 49ers to like three wins in their last five or something mm-hmm. like that. And she's never been able to recreate that magic despite, I mean, despite taking the team to the Super Bowl last year. But let's not kid ourselves. It wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo that led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. It was that 49ers defense that allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to get to the Super Bowl. Exactly. He managed the games pretty well. And, uh, I mean, he also has one of the best tight ends, if that's not the true. best oh tight end God. in football, to go along with. I mean, that's that's usually the recipe if, if you're a game manager. Great defense, uh, amazing tight end. Dominant run game. Dominant run game. Yeah, and, I mean, doesn't it doesn't hurt that Shanahan uses the pieces in that offense incredibly well, and they've got two of the best chess pieces in football in in George Kittle and, and Kyle Juszczyk because yeah. – you know, I, I've always said Kyle Juszczyk, he, he gets underrated because he's a fullback, but if he just happened to play tight end like he did at Harvard, I think he's a top 10 tight end in the NFL. I, he's, I think he's that good. And to have a guy who can run block like that at the fullback position also come out and catch passes and, and confuse the defense, it's just it's such uh, such an incredible thing. But uh, yeah, Garoppolo not making the most of it. The uh, we talked about the Seahawks a little bit earlier. They head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams minus one and a half. Yeah, the current the Rams. Mm. As, a, as is it because they're home? Perhaps. It, well, yeah. I mean, I believe that would be the case. They're uh, typically we're looking at a three point advantage for the home team. So on a neutral field, I guess Bavada believes the Seahawks are one and a half points better, but that's not the case this week. That's not the case here. Okay, so the. The current two seed, not the favorite against <laughs> the current seven seed. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Inner rivals. I get it. But Jared Goff gives me no faith. Yeah, but the Seahawks' defense also. Gives I know. Me no I know. Faith. So immovable object, unstoppable force type of thing. No, I, I think it's know. quite the opposite. I think it's movable <laughs> object and stoppable force squaring <laughs> off, and we're going to see which one has less inertia this week. <laughs> I think that uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I mean, they're the better team, and as bad as they've, they've looked on defense, they, they find ways, and they'll find a way to beat the Rams here. Give me the Seahawks. I tend to agree with you. I don't understand this. This this Rams team is one, and I guess for the past couple of years, has been one yeah. of the mysteries in the NFL to me because when they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they can lose to anybody. Yeah, and another thing they do really well is get into funks. 
Uh, yeah. I've never seen a team that, that can't lose one and bounce back as, as much as the Rams have in the past couple of years. The Baltimore Ravens head to New England to take on the New England Patriots. Bavada has the Patriots plus seven and a half. What a poor time for the Patriots to really be trying to dig out of this hole. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Play this Ravens team who, even though coming off of a win, probably doesn't feel that great and wants to continue to build better momentum. Right. Uh, going into the playoffs, so they're gonna they're gonna do what they need to do to win this game. And uh, right now, the Patriots have looked so bad that even if they play their best, I think the Ravens have what it takes and has their number. So give me the Ravens here in, in a weird three and six season so far for the Patriots. Agreed. Well, a team that is certainly on the rise over the last couple of weeks in the Minnesota Vikings heads to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears, and Bavada has the Bears plus three at home. Let's not. Mm-hmm. As far as the Vikings, let's not underrate or neglect the development of Jefferson as it goes, as in regards to how it, it, it relates to their winning. Sure. I think that it was just nowhere to be found first couple of weeks. Dalvin Cook didn't look bad. He would be in and out of the lineup. But now that he's in, he's having I mean, a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you add you know, a, a consistent target and you get some wins. Especially in a division where um, you don't have to play flawless football to get to get victories, um, Chicago can't score, and so no. now that the Vikings figured out how to score, uh, whether it's consistently or not, uh, they have the matchup here, and uh, and, and they're going to take the win. Give me the Vikings as the Bears continue to figure out what they need to do to get better uh, come this upcoming offseason. Are you at all surprised that the Bears haven't gotten any better when they made the change of quarterback? Um, the surprise comes from the fact that I thought the move would create more of a synergy mm. and all it did was just switch quarterbacks. It didn't, there's not more of an understanding. There's not a veteran, anything, uh, that you're getting with, with Nick Foles that, uh, you weren't getting with, it looks like any other quarterback, let alone right. you know, what you were getting from Mitchell. So yeah, it's really strange that Nick Foles didn't have the absolute control of, of this, this team. Uh, as we would have expected. And you mentioned Justin Jefferson on pace for 88 catches, 1,254 yards, and six scores in this, his rookie season. So uh, that's pretty solid. And you know what's crazy is like 88 catches for 1,200 yards and six scores is not going to get him above like third or fourth place in rookie of the year this year. I know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, well, either, I mean, things are getting easier for rookie wide receivers, but this must be a heck of a, a rookie class here. And it is. Yeah, I mean, you've got those two quarterbacks at the top. I, you know, I've been saying all along. I believe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to end the season as co-rookies of the year. But Jefferson deserves credit, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been very good in in Kansas City. I know he struggled a little bit over the last three weeks, but still amongst the league leaders in rushing. Uh, it's just, man, yeah. There, there were some some uh, impact players in this draft class for sure, and that you know, that doesn't even talk about a Jerry Judy who's also having a really good season. Well, Jalen Rager, I think he's got like five catches, so that's yeah. been exciting for us so far. <laughs> he'll, he'll end up being good, but yeah, you didn't get your bang for your buck. <laughs> well, it, it seems like it seems like what we're seeing is that the root runners and the possession guys, and I don't I don't mean to insult Jefferson to lump him into that group, but I mean that's what we expected him to be coming into the NFL. He's outperformed that, but mm-hmm. those guys seem to have ha- be making an easier adjustment to the NFL than the speed guys because, you know, look, the first wide receiver drafted this year was Henry Ruggs, and he's been a non-factor for Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, tr- meanwhile, sixth-round pick Travis Fulgham continues to become a superstar in Philadelphia. <laughs> Thank you to the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and the other organizations that let him go. Um, God knows we've had our share of those guys we've let go. It's nice to actually hit on one of them. True. The uh, And honestly, this might be a mirage, too, because somebody's got to catch the ball. The... Uh, but we did that. We did that. The final game of the weekend. No, we're done. Hey. No, yeah, because there's no quarterback right now for the Steelers, right? Yeah, we don't know. What, well, Ben's probably going to play, but we don't. Yeah. Uh, there's no line, and it's just how this is broken down. It looked like we had one more game, but that is uh, the Thursday night game uh, for next week. So we have finished. And well, is that anticlimactic? <laughs> that was, and all was well. <laughs> and, <laughs> and our last. Oh, we're done. By the way. <laughs> Cool. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> you can't. You can't. You. You had. That was your redemption moment. That was it. You I got nothing. What are you watching? What are you watching on Netflix? Oh, but no. I'm actually Netflix. I have been underperforming with Netflix. I was about to pass the accountability, but it's actually I who am not okay. scouring Netflix the way I should these days. You watch. You watching anything at all? I feel like we've got a couple minutes here. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing with your free time? I'm, I am watching a lot of HD TV. So, yeah. okay, are you, is this one home design or what are we doing here? Oh, it's flip or flop because uh, okay. they've 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 come back. Even though they've separated, they found love in in other places, and now they're back to uh, flipping houses. It's it's a really strange dynamic. He's still in love with her, I believe. Okay, and, well, you know. that's that's the bald guy and the uh, the uh, I forget who the woman is. Um, that guy, wait, that guy's not gay. So when I first started, I thought that when I first started watching, but apparently not. Huh? How about that? Huh? Okay. I mean, I, uh, not to, not that it matters. Everyone deserves love. I just, I, I, I thought he was gay. I am a, um, I'm a property brothers fan. I was, I, we got the, the, the most recent season of brother versus brother was on, watched that. And, uh, you know, now it just depresses me looking at house stuff because I want the, I want I want that. Give me that. I want that. Um I don't know. Anyway, show's over. For uh for, for Mario Hines, I'm Chris Forward. This has been the Underdog NFL show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>